Thank you for joining me on episode 21 of the Unique On Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know that they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And to become victors, we need to know better how God has created us and the giftings that he has placed in each one of us. Did you know that you were gifted? Find out more as I chat with chemistry coach, Julie Sathoff. Welcome back to the Unique On Purpose podcast. This is your host, Rachel Jenneman. And today I am here with such a good friend, Julie Sathoff. And and Julie, I think we're going to be in trouble today. We're going to try not to... (laughs) We're going to try not to be just really good friends right now, but we've known each other for a long time, but we've never met. We've like, it's like we're good friends, but we've never met. We, we live thousands of miles away from each other. I'm in Michigan. You're in Colorado, but just to kind of start off, Julie, you're a wife, you're a mom, you're a former staff member at Saddleback Church. Yes, I did just name drop right now. And <laughs> you are a former executive pastor, but now you are what's called a church coach. You reside in Colorado, and I never heard of church coaching before, but you work for chemistry staffing. Tell me a little bit about what chemistry staffing is. Before we begin, it's, I, I, first, hi, <laughs> I always love talking to you. And so this is kind of exciting that we get to talk at a different venue. Chemistry. I love chemistry staffing. Um, it's one of the, the areas where we help recruit and help churches hire all positions just across the board. It started by a guy named Todd, Todd Rhodes. He started church staffing. And realized that that had come become kind of a monster.com, and it was just getting resumes, not really helping the health of the church. So he sat back and said, you know, we need to really look at how we can get people into churches long term. So both by coaching the churches, saying, hey, what does your church look like? What does the staff look like? Where are gaps? And the candidates, will you truly fit at this church long term? Or is it just something you can easily step into, kind of a position to plug? Mm -hmm. So the staff is full of lead pastors and executive pastors that are currently working on staffs and churches. So it's more of a conversation than an actual interview, which makes it a little easier. Yeah, that's really cool. And today we're going to be talking about giftings. And that is something that you kind of probably have to use a lot of in chemistry staffing, knowing where people are gifted so that way they can get into the right position. Am I correct on that? Absolutely. I think it's so critical where you don't just hire off personality or charisma, that you hire off true, true giftings. I I think we all have the ability to do multiple things, right. but we're truly only really gifted for a few. Right. And I think that's uh, that's so great that you do that. It's super important, especially in ministry, because I think there's a lot of churches out there that expect their staff, that expect their pastors to do multiple things. And I get that. I get that depending on the size of your church, some churches are expecting you to preach on Sunday and to do hospital, all hospital visits. visits. Yeah, right. all the hospital visits, all the counseling, all the pre-marriage counseling, right. you know, all the funerals, all the marriages. But not everybody is gifted at counseling. 
Not everybody is gifted in the hospitality aspect of going to the hospital every single week to make those visits. But yet for we would never expect that in the business world. Why do you think we I know I didn't I never (laughs) this is just an improv question. But why do you think we expect that in the church to do multiple things? I think there's high expectations, especially for pastors, where it's, why can't you do it all? What do you actually really do when you're not preaching on Sunday? Mm. Right? It, it's yeah. that ambiguity. What do they do? It, it takes so much out of you. I heard someone once say that uh, working at a church is kind of like going to a consistent funerals, where it takes so much out of you emotionally because you're so invested mm-hmm. in people's lives and their spiritual growth that you come home at the end of the day exhausted, and it's hard yeah. to leave it to the side. Mm-hmm. So they, they've got a lot on their plates. Right. And I can understand that when I was pastoring a long time ago, I felt that I had to be an expert in everything. You know, I couldn't just be an expert in just a couple areas, but I felt like I had to be an expert in everything. And I and I think that there are people out there that do put that expectation on their pastors. Well, let's get into some of that that gifting. You said you're very passionate about giftings. Why is that? Where does that come from? I I'm I am. It's it's just been in me since birth. But when I was at Saddleback, name drop, um, <laughs> it definitely. <laughs> definitely grew there just because I realized my strengths and weaknesses are okay. It's who I am and who I was created to be. The potter made me exactly the way I am. And I can look around me and see all the people that he's put around me that have strengths where I have my weaknesses or I have strengths where they have their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So I might be going off off on a rabbit hole here, but so many churches, you were talking about pastors and how they can't do it all and the crazy expectations. God puts people in our churches that have the gifts that are needed to get everything done in our churches. Mm -hmm. So how do we look and inspire and engage people to really understand what their strengths and weaknesses are so they can use it for the church, for the good, for the people? Yeah. Okay, so in Scripture, I don't want to confuse everybody, so I want to make sure that we pinpoint that there are three different types of giftings in Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about the ministry giftings, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And in 1 Corinthians, they talk about the spiritual giftings, miracles, laying on hands of healing, faith, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation. But you want to talk today about what is in Romans chapter 12. I know this as the motivational giftings. That's what I've always been taught. But there are seven different giftings. Can you go into those a little bit? What exactly are those gifts? So in Romans 12, if you look at it, I I love these verses. I just love them because it shows that we're all needed to be together, to work together as one. So some of the giftings, the seven giftings are prophecy, Service, serving, teaching, encouraging or exhorting, giving, organization, and mercy. Mm -hmm. So that's a wide range, but I love each prophecy. If you look at that, it's about discernment. I know prophecy, that word scares a lot of people depending on what. Yeah, not to get confused with the spiritual gift of prophecy. This is completely different. Yeah. Right. It, it's it's a scary word where people go, oh, wait, that's in the book. There's prof- prophesizers in the book. There's, I, I don't know if I want to call myself that. Right. I, it, do you agree the discernment part's a little scary? Oh, you're asking me if I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I think it can, depending on, but but, I don't know. I think when someone has the the profit motivational gifting, I don't know if it's necessarily scary to them, but I think it's scary to other people because they're very straightforward and they're going to let you know, like they're not the ones that if if you want some, if, if you go to them and you're wanting some attaboys or some compassion, they're not the ones you go to. So I think I think it's someone on the outside going to them, I think, is more scary. <laughs> I, I'm going to agree. I was once told, Julie, you have that gift. You just yes. need to, to learn the gift of tact along with it. <laughs> and see, knowing you, I, I knew that, that even though we've never discussed what you and I each have, I, I mean, it was mm-hmm. obvious to me that definitely you're the perceiver, you know, profit gifting for sure. Okay, so you look at that, and people look at that. You Even you just said, that's a strong personality. Mm-hmm. Then you move over to serving, and they go, oh, people just want to serve. It takes so much strength to serve, yeah. uh, to humble yourself. And, and people that usually have that gift feel bad that they don't have other gifts. Mm-hmm. Where they do so much for the church mm-hmm. that it, it's not, you know, the old, yeah, but I can't lead. Yeah, but I can't teach. No, no, no serving and being that servant heart Jesus modeled that I mean it can't get better than that right right but I mean what is it about the server that they that makes them feel bad or is it is it the fact that they want to serve so much that they feel that even in their server gifting they could serve better if they were teaching or they could serve better if they were a giver I mean what is that slippery I think it's a slippery slope because the term people pleaser came out and so oh. some people love serving so much and helping other people. And then others look at them and go, oh, you're just people pleasing. Mm. Well, yes and no. There can be an unhealthy way to do any ministry. But there's also people that were built to help others. It's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Right, right. You know, and it's what's funny about that gifting, and it it took me a while to understand this. My mother-in-law is a server. And when mm. I go to her house, the first thing, can I get can I get you a cup of tea? Can I get you anything to eat? And it always used to irritate it's me, beautiful. like, can you just leave me alone? Like, no, I don't want anything. I know that's the perceiver coming out in me, the prophet coming out of me. But, right. but but I'm like, no, I'm fine. I tell you every time I'm fine. And then it dawned on me, she is a server and that is kind of how she shows love. And I finally had to get to that place where I had to let her serve me, which sounds weird because then it sounds like you're a servant, but I had to let her serve me in order for her to operate in her gifting. That's it. It blesses her to be able to do it. Right. Right. And I think sometimes even with our kids, we might get confused where we expect our kids to do specific things and where we're like, well, why are you doing this and why are you doing that? But if they're a natural server, it's not that they're trying to be the parent's pet or suck up to the parent. Right. It's just that they just love to serve. You you just put, I mean, we talk for weeks on each role people play and, yeah. and our kids and how we relate to them. And mm-hmm. there's just so much to dig into. Okay. So what's next? Uh, teaching. Okay. Teaching. So when you think of teaching, it's, oh, those people on stage. Mm. But that's not it. It's if, if you have that heart for digging and learning and growing and then sharing it with others, you've mm-hmm. got that passion. That's phenomenal. And that could be in any area. Right. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ, I had watched, a pe- we had a guest pastor come in and he's like, you know, people who play video games are just escaping from their lives. I'm like, 
yeah. So I went home to my husband that didn't go to church and saw him playing video games. And I said, you know, you're doing this just to escape your life. And he goes, yep. Because we weren't getting along at the time. Oh, no. (laughs) So then it had to be a year later. He had started going to church and and just started his walk with Christ. And I came home another time, and he's playing the same stupid video game, Killing Zombies. Mm -hmm. And I look next to him, and there were three kids on the street that didn't have active dads in their lives. Mm. And I went, ah. So I judged his gift of wanting to learn and grow in this in my opinion, stupid hobby. But for him, God made him love that so then he could grow and teach the kids next to him Mm. how to fellowship, have community, and play the stupid video game. Mm -hmm. So your husband's a teacher. He is. My husband is too. When we were dating, I used to call him Scripture Boy because (laughs) every time we would talk about maybe it was a world issue or whatever he'd always go well in the bible it says well in the bible it says and he's just it, it and teachers are very much into scripture so when you see some like say a pastor who has a teacher mm-hmm. personality they are going to bring more scripture into a situation than maybe parables you know stories to relate yep. they're very much into the scripture and making sure that everything aligns up with scripture. Do you think maybe one of the negative things, um, because the teacher is a great personality, but maybe one of the negative things is they can possibly become legalistic if they're not careful? Absolutely. And I think we have uh, those people currently throughout the church where they're very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable, but they're missing the heart behind it. Mm. You know, I never thought about that. No, that's great. I never thought about that of some of those that, you know, they're the ones always correcting the pastor after the service and they always have an opinion about everything. It could be, you know, that that profit gift. It could be that teacher gift of they just want to make sure that everything's in line. I never would have thought about that. No, that's really good. Uh, What's next? Next is exhorting or encouraging. Okay. Um, it, it's the people that make you feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think these people are hit, hit the most with a little, they have inadequacy issues because they think, well, I just make people feel good. Mm. I just can motivate people to do, I just, right? Yeah. Do, do you see that? Okay. No, I never would have thought about it, but that's a really good point. Yes. I know a gal. She is phenomenal. Straight from Ireland. As soon as I met her, I'm like, oh my gosh, you just radiate Jesus. Mm -hmm. And every word out of her mouth, you hear her complimenting people constantly and pointing out biblical values in them. And she is remarkable. She came to one of my classes and she goes, yeah, I don't really do anything. I don't have any gifts. Excuse me, on a Sunday, I watch you walk up to every single person that's sitting or standing alone and talk to them. Yeah. That's a yeah. And I uh, I have a friend, one of my one of my closest friends actually, she's definitely an exhorter. And she's one of the ones where if something good happens in your life, that's the person you want to tell because you know she's gonna oh. be happy for you. Like if I get a new tube of lipstick, she's the one I call. Like she she'll be like, girl. <laughs> You deserve that lipstick. Good for you for getting that lipstick. You know, but if you went to if, if you went to someone who is who has more of a prophetic gifting, they'd be like, okay, great. Don't you already have three tubes and? already? Yeah. Like, and your point? <laughs> that was actually going through my mind. Why would she get excited about lipstick? I don't understand. <laughs> now, the negative side to that, in my opinion. I think is that people can look at them as, why are you always so happy? 
You're mm-hmm. too optimistic. Mm-hmm. Why do you always see the good in everything? There's bad things that happen, right? Yeah. Do you think that an- they can easily annoy people if they're not careful? Absolutely, positively. And they appear fake at times. Oh. Because it's, why would that person get so excited about something so little? Why would that person in this difficult situation see the light at the end of the tunnel and not just sit in it for a minute, right? Yeah. Which makes me think we need them. Like, we need exhorters because the darker our world gets. I mean, I, you know, I'm surrounded by people that are constantly negative. Well, this is the way the world's going, so Jesus must be coming back. We're going to hell in a handbasket. And you almost need that exhorter to, to say, no, wait a minute. That's not how Jesus works. And let's let let's see what the positive that can happen through this. And oftentimes they're right. That that's true. And I think all churches need them throughout the church. Just because I think as a, a big C American church, I think we've gotten a little bit bitter and a little bit critical. No, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to infuse these people through our, our churches and go. Okay, let's listen to the light. Let's listen to the hope. Let's right. listen to the excitement. Right. We win and we're acting like we already lost. Yeah. Yes. Amen. You can preach that. <laughs> All right. So what comes after exhorter? Giving. Okay. Generosity. So people that, that, that just want to get, you know, the people that want to give everything. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have to be the nicest people. Mm-hmm. They just are generous with their yeah. time, their talents, their, their treasures, their money, everything. They just want to keep giving. But Some the, people get. Go ahead. Keep going. No, I was just going to say, but the thing with the giver is you can't sucker them into giving. Like, they have a discernment on where to give their money. They're not just going to give it to you just because you want it or because you can manipulate them. You just can't. They're just one of those people. They they can discern it. They know. But because that's what they're born to know. Mm. Where other people, you have to squeeze things out of them. Please Mm -hmm. just come volunteer. Mm -hmm. You know, again, it's giving in so many different ways. And I think they can get preyed upon, like what you're saying. They can, you know, have people come up to them constantly going, well, you gave over here. Why won't you give over here? Right. Well, God didn't tell me to. Yeah, they're not emotional givers where the prophet is a very emotional giver. I mean, you get up there and you talk about human trafficking and share all these stories about mm. women, the prophet would be like, here's my wallet, easily give based on feelings, where the giver's like, no, I have the discernment. This isn't what God has called me to do. Now, I've often heard that the giver and the server can get confused. Tell me more. Well, <clears throat> because often when people give, it looks like that they're serving. Mm. And sometimes people can get those giftings confused where maybe somebody, if if that person is a giver, they somebody might think that they're actually a server when really they're not because they're giving so much of their time. Right, right. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I think it's context and I okay. think it's heart behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, with God creating us all completely unique, mm-hmm. I think some lines will be fuzzy yeah. because you can't take seven giftings and go, that describes everybody exactly. Right. That describes people, but there's going to be give and take with different areas. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, okay, so there was this woman that I went to church with years ago, total giver. 
Uh, her and her husband, they're empty nesters, and they loved having people over at their home. She, I called her the Christian Martha Stewart. Like, we made this joke that she was the one. When God, when it says that God is building a place for us in heaven, we're like, she's the one when she dies. She's going to be the one building the place for everybody in heaven. Like, she's just that type of a person. But she was a complete giver in the fact that you'd go to her house, and everywhere you went, there was food. I mean, you couldn't sit down without there being a pile of brownies somewhere because she's, you know, you know, wanting to give in that way. And she um, held a birthday party for uh, one of the, the kids in, in church. And because my son was born just a month after this kid, she was like, well, why don't you come and we'll celebrate your son's birthday, too? They, the, both the boys were turning a year old. I said, okay, Uh and I showed up and I was thinking maybe this was a birthday party for that boy and maybe she was just going to put my son's name on the cake or something. I show up. She has this huge banner, like happy birthday, Caleb. She has an (laughs) own cake for him. She had everybody bring presents for not just the boy who they were throwing the party for, but for my son too. And the biggest gift was from her the biggest gift and that was just and she was probably one of the most humble people i ever met i'm sorry one more story about her one time when my kids were really little and they were driving me crazy in the back seat of the car i pull up to the church because i had to run in and grab something and i'm like i'm not working today i'm not working today you know what all pastors (laughs) do i'm not working today i just had to get something and she and my kids are screaming in the back seat she walks up to my van and i thought i just can't do this today like i just cannot minister to anybody she walks over to my van she hands me a box of cereal and she said here's a snack for the kids she hands me a bag of chocolates and a hundred dollar bill and she goes this is for mom and then walks away and i thought I want to be you when I oh. grow up. Like what a gift! <laughs> I, I mean, know. that just shows a giver. Someone yes. that God who who knew why she had those three things with her, right. but she did. Yes. She listened and walked over to you. Yes. But, but I love those points where you're scared that you're going to have to stop and do something because you have no time, and then God uses other people to minister to you. Instead. Yes, it's like eating some humble pie. The other thing I've oh. learned about givers. Is that they're very entrepreneurial. Have you found that? Oh, absolutely. Why do you think that because is? Because I think God gives them that so then they have the ability to give. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it, it's an above, above and beyond abundance. Mm-hmm. Well, think of all the people. I love the people that have the personality that have multiple opportunities at one time. Mm-hmm. It's, well, I do this online and then I have this as my regular job and then I do this on the side. I'm like, I can't do one. How do you do all of that? It, it, it's such it's such truly a gift from God. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. Like they're they're entrepreneurial because God is blessing them with money, not to keep and to have, but so then they can right. give it and bless other people. Awesome. All right. Absolutely. So, what's the next gift? Uh, my least favorite organization. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tell me about that one. I am so thankful that God gave people the gift of organization. You know, the people that have the pantries with like the cans turned mm-hmm. the right way, mm-hmm. you know, not just kind of shoved. Um, the people that can organize their lives and their file cabinets and, and so many different things. Mm-hmm. I remember teaching that class on gifting and at the front I'm like, guys, I have to tell you, I am not gifted here. So if any of you are gifted, you're welcome to come. Just take care of my office. Mm-hmm. I, I need it. And I had two women step up and go, 
were you serious? Because we love to do that. I'm like, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Well, until the day I left, they came in every single week to help me just get organized. And they didn't take it as, oh, we're coming to help you because you just can't. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not gifted in that way, and they are. So I could sit and talk to them about the Bible and the Word, and they could help me by helping organize. It was phenomenal. Now, this this ministry gift is also known as uh, administration. And correct yes. me if I'm wrong, but I see a lot of people kind of put that gift down. I think especially women, yeah. because maybe it is stereotypically what women are good at is administration. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of women as secretaries or office administrators. And I think that there's like this group of women out there that are trying to move themselves away from that because they don't want to be associated with the stereotype stereotypical administrative gift. Do you see that or is that just me? I do. And I push against it Okay, because again, if God created us all uniquely, I'm proud of the men who are stepping up now going, I have this gifting. Mm-hmm. I would like that job yeah. because then they're joyful in what they're doing. Right. And I think there's so many women that go, well, I can't be an administrative assistant. I can't be a reset. I can't do any of that because it looks bad. No, mm. that's what you're built for. Right. And if you're doing what you're built for, you go home with joy. Mm-hmm. You, it, it doesn't feel like work. So I think we need to, to change that a mm-hmm. bit where it's not just a, a woman thing. It's not just a man thing. We need to, to take that off the table and realize we're all created perfectly different mm-hmm. <laughs> and really encourage each other in what we've been built to do and not put it down. I could not do what I do unless I had people around me helping me with what I'm not good at. Yeah, right. What are some of the uh, negative qualities if administrators, organizers are not careful? What are some negative qualities? Um, Talking legalistic. Okay. (laughs) Talking detailed. It has to be detailed or... Sometimes oh. in ministry, it can't it can't get that detail. You can't get into the minutia, but they really want to because mm-hmm. they're built to make sure nothing slips by, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal. But sometimes you got to wiggle a little. Right, right. Sometimes you need those gray areas. So we've covered the prophet, the server, the teacher, the exhorter, the giver, the the organizer, and then the last one. The last one is mercy. I know this one's your favorite, isn't it? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus is growing me in mercy. Mm -hmm. Again, you're talking stereotypes. Being female, I should naturally have a lot of mercy. I should have that maternal instinct. I wasn't born with that. Mm -hmm. Because of my history and my past, I have a low threshold when it comes to mercy, mm. but Jesus keeps working and working on me with that. Yeah. When I was building my team at the last church, I hired someone that is off the charts merciful. Mm-hmm. I mean, off the charts. And at first we butted heads because she couldn't understand why she couldn't bring homeless people into the office to help them if we had snacks. <laughs> right. And I'm like, man, I love your heart. <laughs> That is phenomenal, but this is not appropriate. There are places you can take them that can help them. And she was furious, but we grew where I could lean on her and she taught me what mercy looks like. Mm -hmm. She could lean on me and say, "Mm, I need to use a little discernment before I I react, Mm -hmm. which I mean, just shows we need each other. Do you feel that um, the mercy motivated person does not 
have clear boundaries. Like if they're not careful, they have to like be real with themselves to set clear boundaries. Absolutely. I think they're our biggest empaths, right? Mm -hmm. Where they they just hurt so bad for people that are hurting. And I think that's brilliant and that's wonderful. But God puts people in your life to help you with those boundaries. Mm -hmm. And we can't get upset at each other as we hold each other accountable for, you know, kind of our guardrails to keep us healthy. When I went on a missions trip to Bangladesh years ago, we it's it's a third world country, right? Mm-hmm. So it's so different than what we see in America. We have so much wealth here and even the poorest of the poor, you know, have so much more wealth than those in third countries, third world countries. We were doing a lot of ministry in Bangladesh and walking through the streets. And when we would drive through Dhaka, which is their capital, I mean, there are millions upon millions of people in this one area. And there was a lot of poverty. And I had a bunch of college kids that were on the the trip with me. I was like the trip mom. One night I looked over at this one kid and I said, hey, Zach, you know, how you doing with this trip? Like, what do you think so far? We're about halfway into the trip. And he goes, I hate this trip. I hate it so much. And the reason why was because he was seeing so much hurt. He was seeing all Mm. of the the naked kids running around with no food. He saw the the prostitutes out there trying to sell themselves. He saw the the moms out there with maybe one arm and a and a baby and the the arm that she did have begging for food and he he was struggling because his Mm. merciful heart hurt so bad and he couldn't help them. And I had to remind him, I said, listen Zach, you're mercy motivated. And that's a beautiful gift because when you hurt, that means God's calling you to pray for that one mm-hmm. situation. You can't solve the the human trafficking problem here right. in Bangladesh. You cannot do that alone. You cannot solve the poverty problem. You cannot solve all this. But God has called you to pray. And if God ever calls you here to help with the problem, great. But right now you're called to pray. And I think that's one of the boundaries that mercy motivated people they don't realize that they have to set and i think that's a good point i think throughout all of the giftings whether it's a good situation or a bad situation you always run it through god because mm-hmm. sometimes he'll give us great opportunities to serve or teach or encourage or whatever it is if he gets it to us great if mm-hmm. it comes from the outside and we're like oh it'd be really great if i did this because no 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 yeah. run it through god it's right. a hard situation like in Bangladesh, what you were talking about pray god do you want me here are you opening my eyes to to take me somewhere else again he'll he'll keep you on that path but mm-hmm. i think those were little seeds he was giving that guy i've also heard this about mercy motivated people they struggle with the opposite sex because they are trying so hard to be nice that it's often um, misleading. Have you heard Mm, that? No. Okay. But that's interesting because thinking in the church world, I can maybe see that Mm -hmm. where it's, it it could be an uncomfortable situation Mm -hmm. in the outside world. I think that's less and less. So, so we have dig into that more. Okay. (laughs) You want to dig into that more? Yeah, I want to hear. Okay, well, you look at King David. King David, mm-hmm. he definitely, I think, had a more merciful heart than a lot of other people in Scripture. And man, he struggled mm. with the ladies. I mean, it's just, <laughs> but 
I've also, I remember this one guy, I swore up and down. I think I was like 17 at the time. I swore up and down that he liked me. But really what I came to find out was he actually liked my best friend and ended up marrying her. But I thought he liked me, but it was because he was so merciful and he was so nice to me that he would sit and listen to all my problems. He would listen to everything I had to say. Uh. He was always there. And I just made the assumption that he had a thing for me. And really, he did it. He was just being nice. He was just a nice I, guy. Oh, my gosh. I see that. I, I see where you're coming from. Because truly, in our current culture, if someone's that nice to you, mm-hmm. then you think they like, what's behind it, right? That's your first mm, question. Yes. Why, why are they doing this? Why are they so ma- motivated to help me or listen to me or, you know, what have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And and this is where I have seen, too, with men, they can so easily try to be that knight in shining armor and they can get themselves mm-hmm. in very toxic relationships and vice versa. Women, because right. they're so mercy motivated, um, you know, if, if this woman has the gift of being mercy motivated, she can get herself mm-hmm. into a toxic situation, a guy that is just not good for her. And it's all because she wants to help. Right. All because she I wants have- to save him in a way. That's it. Um, one of my kids, my middle child, is the biggest empath. He has the highest gift of mercy. Like, I think he got most of my husband's heart in my heart mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's so off the charts. And he will truly want to help everyone, which puts him in bad situations. Mm-hmm. Because as he tries to help, he starts to feel their pain and understand what they're going through. And it brings him to a low place, mm-hmm. which that's not okay. We have to make sure, again, those healthy boundaries are in place. Right, right. And that's why I think all the gifts, that's why we need all of them and they work together so well, where you have that mercy motivated person that says, okay, let's bring the homeless man into our church. And the prophet says, well, hold on a second. Where can they go besides here? Because there are organizations that are, you know, up for the task. And the teacher says, well, how can we better be prepared for that? You know, and so you have (laughs) all the different and in the admins coming around going, oh, I have the phone number to the place that takes homeless people, you know, so you have all these giftings and they can work together and and uh, be a blessing to the kingdom. Now, what sets the motivational giftings apart from other personality tests? Because I know I know for the past couple of years, I don't know if it's a thing right now, but I think it's dying out a little bit. But the Enneagram was this huge thing for a while. Myers-Briggs was huge for a while uh, that a lot of churches were using with their staff, with their volunteers. What makes the motivational giftings different than these personality tests? I love that question because I love personality tests. They're fantastic, but I also despise them because as people find out, excuse me, their numbers, their, you know, all of this, they start defining themselves as that. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says we don't, we we define ourselves through Jesus, right? Right. We have to remember that the Bible, God breathed. Mm -hmm. So Romans 12, God wanted us to read. Mm -hmm. God wanted us to, it it be infused in us. Mm -hmm. So we know who we are through him, Mm -hmm. not through other things. I know um, ones are very strong on the Enneagram, the reformer, the, you know, they're just very perfectionist driven. That's awesome. That's great. God might have built you that way, mm-hmm. but don't tell me this is the way you act because that's what it says. This is who I am. You, you just have to put up with it. No, no, no. Right. No, no. no. <laughs> 
who did God make you to be? He made you to be a loving, kind person. Right. How can we get there? Right. right? And, and no one's saying that Myers-Briggs is wrong, but I love the no. fact that the motivational giftings, well, they're in scripture. Like we're bringing yes. it back to the True. Bible. We're bringing it. We're bringing our personalities back to the Bible. And I've seen people do this, too, with the motivational giftings of, well, I'm a perceiver. I'm a prophet. So that's just how I am. So you're just going to have to yeah. deal with it, which is something I can see a prophet saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard because Myers-Briggs, Strengthfinders, Gift, even Working Genius now with Patrick Lencioni, they're all, again, phenomenal. But... Our goal is to become more like Jesus. Right. Our go- and he encapsulates all things, right? Yes. He, he encapsulates all of it. So how do we look more at that? And all the time, I'm going to make some people mad right now. <laughs> all the time we spend digging into these personality tests, mm-hmm. if we spent more time in the word, mm. we would be transformed. Boom. Mic drop. Right. Totally true. For sure. So as we, you know, try so hard to find out who we really are, it's it's all in the word. Mm-hmm. How do you think people use these seven giftings within their families? I think this is a huge one because actually take a guess. Can you guess what I am? Because we've never had this conversation of what each other's gifting is are. We haven't. I, I see you so many of these, which is cool because that means you look more like Jesus. But prophecy Yes, Absolutely. that's one of them. Yeah, for sure. Very strong personality. I see teaching in you. Mm-hmm. And exhorting. Exhorting's my number one. Exhorting's yeah. my number one. My my husband gets really, uh, my husband's a teacher, and so he gets upset with me. And I think the teachers and the, and the exhorters, they can really butt heads. Um, oh, yeah. Because they're kind of opposites in a way. I, my husband's just more of, these are the facts. And and he can be a little bit of a Debbie Downer sometimes. And, and he knows that. I, I've told him that. And so when he's upset about something, I will find the opposite. I'll be like, yeah, but the silver lining of this is. And one day he just looked at me and he said, can you stop? Can you stop being so positive about everything? And I said, and then um, one time we were talking and I told him that my my blood type was B positive. And he looked at me <laughs> and he's like, no kidding. <laughs> And so that's what I tell people. I'm like, yep, I'm the silver lining person. Even my blood types be positive. So <laughs> it's just where we're that at. Phenomenal. But I love to I make love people that. like, I, I love to just make people feel special. Right. But at and the same time, at I'm going to tell you how it is. <laughs> like mercy is my last <laughs> one. It is my last right. one. So how do we take these giftings and then work together in our marriages? Because that can really I, be I butt heads. It. That's it. I love what you did because you both know what each other's giftings are. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you have the same conversation we have in our home <laughs> because my husband and I are the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. But now we can look at each other and go, well, but you're built that way. Yeah. So um, I'll give you an example that's going to sound horrible and really throw me under the bus. Pile of mail sits there. He goes, honey, why haven't you gone through the mail? I respond, there's too many words. I don't have the patience to sit through mail Mm -hmm. and and go through each and everything where he's thinking there could so much information in there that we could use. Yeah. So knowing that he's not angry at me now because he knows I just don't like words. I can't sit still that long. Mm -hmm. And I know he enjoys finding the information. He enjoys every detail. I can talk to him in a different way 
Mm-hmm. He can talk to me in a different way. Where I think prior to that, we used it as you're trying to hurt me. You're mm-hmm. trying to make me angry. Right. Right. And okay. I think we do that with our kids, too. Mm-hmm. It's why won't you help? Well, sometimes they're not built to help. Your yeah. brother helps so much because he's built. You said it earlier. He's built to help that much. You know, right. We really have to look at each other as individuals. Right. And start there. Tell me about childhood, how maybe you can recognize it in your child, because we're all born with these gifts. So tell me how maybe that manifests uh, in a child. Well, if you think about it, when we're young, we're called names, right? Mm-hmm. Bossy, dramatic, brainiac, crybaby, because people have already started to see gifting in us, but they're calling it negative, mm. putting a negative label on it. Okay. Where as we get older... If you're called a crybaby, it's because you're empathetic and you feel so deeply. You Mm -hmm. have that gift of mercy because God gave that to you to feel for others. If you're bossy, again, negative when you're young. Mm -hmm. Actually, most of our CEOs are pretty darn bossy, right? You have that gift of prophecy. You've got that gift to, to just share exactly what God has told you. There's so many ways that people take those negative names and change them to, no, no, God made me this way. Brainiac, we need you. Mm-hmm. We need people to sit back and listen and and then teach what they're learning through everything that's coming at them, right? Now, I find that very interesting because sometimes people will see a gifting and they'll find out what their motivational gifting is and they'll want to turn away from it or they'll deny it. Do you think maybe that stems back from childhood of, well, I don't like being called a, you know, they see the negative part of it, whether before seeing the good of it. Well, no, I don't want to be known as bossy. So I'm going to hold everything in and not really speak my mind when I should. Absolutely. One gal came up to me and she said, I cry all the time and I've been made to feel so bad about it Mm. that I stuff it because it it hurts so bad. And I don't want people to think that I'm just crying for nothing. I hurt for people. I'm Mm -hmm. like, that is so beautiful. We need to get you around people that can help. And I had another girl come up and say, I have been called bossy and other mean B words my whole life. Mm. I. I'm created this way. I, yeah. I don't mean to be. This is just who I am. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we we need to get rid of all of those icky stereotypes. I mean, let's be real. People can use them for negative as well. Mm-hmm. But we have to really look at who each person is. And that takes an eye-to-eye, face-to-face conversation. So and, you get to know them. Yeah. And I think, too, we have to realize that, yes, each of us have negative qualities. We all do. All of us, Absolutely. as much as we're striving to be like Jesus every day, we're never going to reach the pinnacle of being just like Jesus. But if we are bossy, well, then we need to cultivate that and we need to sit back and say, well, am I bossy? OK, yes, this can be this leadership ability is something good. And the fact that I'm not afraid to speak my mind is a good thing. Mm. But how can I shape that in a way that, especially when you're working with someone, so say if you're a prophet and you're working with a mercy-motivated person, you probably might want to change your bossiness a little bit to not hurt the mercy-motivated person's That's feelings. Right. But if you're talking to another prophet, it's like, whatever, you just throw it out. <laughs> like, um, That's it. We need people around us at all times that love us, mm-hmm. that aren't that impressed by us. Yeah. That can speak yes. truth into our lives. That's good. Where it's, 
okay, you need to buck up a little. I know you're hurt, but you've been crying for five days. So what's an action step? <laughs> right. Right? Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> or, the coach in you is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Or you're serving. I love that you're serving so much, but your family needs you at home as well. Oh, right? my gosh, yes. Thank you for bringing so, that up. There's so many ways where we have to make sure that we're holding each other accountable, both growing and learning and getting books and listening to podcasts and and helping our gifts Mm -hmm. keep moving forward, but also in making sure that we don't go off the rails. Do you think as a child that the negative things that we see in the child is actually probably their greatest gifting, but we're seeing it in a negative way? And I mean, when it comes to the, the motivational giftings. Absolutely. I think, well, I think yes and, right? Mm -hmm. It's In some kids, yes, they need to be disciplined. In some kids, they've got a strong personality and watch out world, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But in that, teach them the right way. Right. If if you've got that anger because you have such mercy and you're so angry about things going on, great. What's an action step? Mm -hmm. Let's teach them action steps through whatever gifting they have. And make sure that, again, grace, Mm -hmm. grace and mercy. It's hard parenting. (laughs) It's hard parenting when you have someone that's a big feeler. Mm -hmm. It's hard when they always have to be organized. It's Mm -hmm. hard when they always want, right? Yeah. We just have to show each other grace. Or if they're givers and you're like, will you just stop giving away the stuff that I bought for you? Like, can oh, you just not do oh, that? one, every time we give him a gift card, he gives it away to homeless people. I'm like, honey, I love that, <laughs> but you really needed clothes. So, <laughs> like, that's a beautiful gift, but stop. <laughs> yeah. I love you, don't. No. <laughs> that's so great. Well, the, and the thing, too, with that is all our kids are so different. Yeah, you've got one that's giving away cards to homeless people, but then you've got other kids that are completely different. Because all of our kids are different, we obviously have to parent them different. So if one isn't helping, we do have to recognize, okay, they don't have a server personality, so I have to ingrain in them more that we're a family and everybody helps. And instead of comparing them to the brother, well, your brother helps, instead of comparing them, we just say, okay, that's not where they're gifted, but you still need to help. (laughs) part of the family. I don't want to do it either, but I'm part of the family and that's what we do. But it's acknowledging it, Mm -hmm. understanding it, and talking about it. Mm -hmm. It's communication, communication, communication. But I know I as a kid would go, that's not fair. You're you're treating me different, right? Mm -hmm. Our kids say that. That's not fair. They didn't get that punishment. No, they're a totally different human. And one kid, if you say, go to your room, they're like, yes. (laughs) Another kid, that kills him if he can't be around people. Yeah, (laughs) right. So it's going to be different discipline. And then I'm sure the mercy motivated person, all you have to do is look at them the wrong way and they're just going to burst into (laughs) tears and they've already punished themselves. Right? Where the perceivers pro- or the, the prophets probably like bring it on. You you want to give me yeah. more punishment? Okay, well, let's do this. Let's, <laughs> let's get ready to rumble. It's, you can tell um, one of my kids, absolute encourager. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this is probably inappropriate to talk about, but we we're talking about how when someone makes you angry on the road and you throw up one of your fingers, mm. he said, no, you look at them, put your thumb up, and then point it down, shaking your head. Like, <laughs> I am so disappointed. He goes, <laughs> that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, if you, I mean, I know you're going to agree with this, but shouldn't we be doing this in pre marriage counseling? Like, shouldn't we be going over these giftings 
before we get married so we can understand each other better? I'm actually doing pre-marriage counseling for a couple right now. I'm so excited because that's the first thing I have them do. Oh, that's awesome. You have to know where the other one's coming from. That sets a foundation. Mm -hmm. Again, even non-believers taking these gifts out of the Bible saying, okay, these are what we lean on. Mm -hmm. Let me show you. Which one do you think you are? Right? It's just a point. Well, and... And it wasn't until I understood these giftings that I did fully, not fully, but, you know, understand my husband more where, yeah, he's a teacher, but he's also mercy motivated where mm. I, so we're the complete opposite because I'm an exhorter. But then right underneath of that is the prophet. He, and so I like to have and, and there's some admin in there, too. I like to have my ducks in a row. And I think one weekend we didn't have the kids. And so it was a Saturday night and my husband's going, oh, we don't have to get up in the morning with the kids. Maybe we'll go to first service or maybe we should go to breakfast and then second service. You know, his mercy motivation is kicking mm-hmm. in of just, you know, because mercy, they, they, they almost have no concept of time sometimes and so he's just kind of floundering and i'm like no i need to know what we're doing are we going to first service or are we going to second i need to know tonight are we going to breakfast before second service so i can have this planned out i have definitely i am not as rigid as i used to be now that it it just didn't make sense to me i'm like why would you be like that i don't understand how you can live your life so floundering like that like i have to have a plan And, and can you imagine at the beginning of your marriage if he learned you need to be detailed you need every detail planned, mm-hmm. and he learned, or you learned, spontaneity is good for him. Let's yeah. just kind of fly by the seat of our pants. My husband and I are the same way. We Again, we thought it was negative. Why do you always have to be spontaneous? Why do you always wait to the last minute? Why do you always need to plan? Why, mm-hmm. why does there all, right, mm-hmm. back and forth? And then finally we realized that's how we're built. So now I plan things for him, mm-hmm. and now he will spontaneously say, let's go somewhere. Yeah. Because we know the other needs that. And that's you being one. Like when you in a right. marriage relationship, that's you being one. All right. So real quickly, because we do have to wrap this up pretty soon. How can you use these in ministry? Because they're not just used for our everyday lives and our work lives. But what about in ministry in the church? I think there's a couple different ways. I think in church, every single position, every single job within the church needs to get done. Mm-hmm. We, we opened with talking about pastors and how they've got so much on their plate. I know that I know that there's someone with high mercy in each church that would love to do hospital visits, Mm. that would love to help in that way, that would love to learn about counseling in a Christian way. Mm -hmm. I think that we as Christian leaders need to make sure that our teams are made up of people with all of these giftings. Now I say that because that covers the body of the church, that Mm. covers, you know, all of the jobs that need to get done. But in that comes disagreements, frustration, mm-hmm. people that just don't understand, because just like we were saying in a family, it, it pushes when, when you're a giver and there's someone with mercy and then you've got someone else, you know, organizing. It's, well, hold on, let's get back to my idea and what I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It represents more of the body of the church mm-hmm. and the people that, that God created but it pushes. So that's where honor comes in. That's where respect comes in, mm-hmm. where we're going to differ, but we have to work together. We have to be that one body. And I think there's a humility that comes too, because you realize like your personality, your way is not the only way, but there's other people yeah. that can come along too. So right. 
I think it's important that we recognize that everybody is different. Everybody is created unique and unique on purpose to fulfill a role in the family, to fulfill a role at work and in ministry. But how do I find out what my gifting is? I mean, maybe someone's listening and there's uh, one of those seven that's resonated with them or maybe three of them resonated with them as an individual. How can I find out what what I'm gifted at? I would absolutely go back to Romans 12, 4 through 8 and just read through it. I mean, I'd read through the whole chapter of Romans 12 Mm -hmm. and really pray on, okay, God, what what do you see in me? Mm -hmm. You can, of course, go with all the personality tests. You can, there's, there's a million tests out there, absolutely positively, but I have found that talking to the people around me that know me the most Mm -hmm. is the most effective Mm -hmm. because sometimes they'll see things in you that you don't even see. Mm. That's good. And they can kind of point out, you you might want to ask a prophet person <laughs> to tell you because they'll, they'll tell you straight up. Because if you tell or if you ask an exhorter or, or a mercy, they might not uh, tell you yeah. everything that you need to know. Get Just everything. saying. Everything. Yes. With the seven descriptions and say, help me. Yes. Yes. Well, Julie, thanks for being here today. You can find Julie on Instagram, LinkedIn. You can also find her at chemistrystaffing.com. Is there anything else, Julie, that you would like to, uh, other words of wisdom because you're full of them? No pressure there. No pressure there. (laughs) I would just say definitely, definitely start looking at people through God's eyes, not yours. Not your worldview, not your opinion, but look to see how they were actually created Mm -hmm. and then feel strong enough to be humble enough to invite them into your life, to invite them into your teams, to invite them into your circles. So it's not just people that look alike, sound alike, you know, believe all the same. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Because again, we're all created unique on purpose and we're all meant to fulfill a role. And I think once we realize where we're gifted and how God has created us uniquely, we'll stop comparing Mm -hmm. ourselves to other people and how we think we should be and start being more the way God has created us to be. Amen. Thank you so much, Julie. You're just such, I I just love you so much and you're so full of wisdom and you're always one of my favorite people to talk to. So thank you for being here today. Thank you, Rachel. You're amazing. I'm so excited for you. She is just so fun. Thank you again for joining Julie and I on that great conversation. Did any of those motivational giftings resonate with you? Well, make sure you check out the show notes for a free giftings test that you can take. God has gifted you for the purpose of expanding the kingdom of Christ. And if you are a pastor looking to hire at your local church, check out Julie's contact information in the show notes for a free 15-minute consultation. Don't forget to download, share, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you next week.